Good morning, everybody. Welcome into another episode of The Rant. I apologize for my hiatus from making new content for all of you guys. Obviously, during these troubled times, uh, a lot of you might be saying, well, you should be doing lots of episodes because you're not doing anything. Well, uh, I fortunately have been employed throughout this whole thing, so my work schedule has been changing uh, due to uh, everything that's going on in the world, and uh, I unfortunately have been preoccupied with my off time trying to help some other people um, who uh, in, in my family, uh, you know, my personal life, trying to help people who have been affected by this. Been pretty busy, so I again apologize for not putting out any new stuff, but that will uh, come to a complete and total halt as now I have a new work schedule and I have. Uh, my off days scheduled. So you'll uh, you'll have a new episode, sometimes maybe more than that, uh, every week from now on. So uh, we will roll right into it. So today I want to do uh, kind of a educational piece from the beginning. So I feel like there's a lot of misconception in the media and a lot of people believe that this virus is affecting them or affecting everyone in the same way. And it is economically, 100%. Obviously, we're at 6.6 million people who have filed for unemployment, and they believe 10 million people or more have not filed for um, or are unemployed. Obviously, just the 6.6 million people who have filed for unemployment, but they believe there's another 4 million people in total that are unemployed, so a total of 10 million some odd people who now don't have a job because of what's happening. I luckily do have a job. Uh, I'm definitely glad that I'm getting paid. I know there's a lot of people who aren't and my heart goes out to those people. So again, my advice to you is please, 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 if you believe you're sick, stay at home. If you have loved ones you care about that are old, that have health issues, whatever it may be, Please take care of those people. Please help those people. Please help anyone in in your, you know, neighborhood who needs to get groceries. Anything. If you're young and healthy and you listen to my show, uh, I know a lot of people are, are my age who listen to me. Obviously, so please do the right thing. Help people out. But I wanted to take uh, some time out in the beginning of the episode to do uh, what I think is right here, which is give you guys. Um, pretty much a statistical analysis on how this is affecting the nation. Because I, again, I had the, I believe there's this misconception that it's affecting the virus, not the economics. You have to separate the two right now, but I believe that there's a misconception that the virus is affecting the nation the same way. And it definitely is not when you look at it from a statistical analysis point of view as to how many people are being affected, how many people have died, where the all these are occurring. I think these are big issues that the media doesn't talk about because they want everyone to be unified in fear because uh, fear sells, right? It's this it's this mentality of like when fear is high, that's when people listen to the news and listen to media. I'm not in that business. I don't want you to listen to me because you're scared or listen to me because you know, you think it's it's the cool thing to do. I want you to listen to me because you like what I have to say. I'm not going to give you my opinion on this matter. I think my opinion, uh, it changes a lot 
uh, when it comes to this stuff, and I'm not going to talk about that. But what I am going to do is I'm just going to give you the straight-up stats because I'm a sports guy. Who doesn't like stats, right? I think statistics tell a lot, and I'm going to give you just this pure stats on how this virus is affecting the United States, and then we can go into uh, some more information um, later on in the show. But right now, I'm just going to give you the stats. So the coronavirus, total number of cases in the United States, right? I'm really not in one of those people that likes to look at outside the United States. I think that's dumb to do. We live in the United States here. If you live in another country and you're listening to me, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to focus on you because I live in America. So I'm only going to focus on the countries that matter to me, not that the other countries don't matter, but the countries that matter to me when it pertains to this virus. I want to focus on the United States here. So that's what I'm talking about. Again, my heart goes out to you if you live in anywhere else that's affected, but I'm worrying about what's happening in this country. So total number of cases that have happened in the United States right now. 217,661. Now you could be saying, okay, Eli, where are you getting this information? Because there's a lot of false information out there. Okay, I'm getting this information directly off this website called worldometers.info slash coronavirus, backslash coronavirus. They give you up-to-date information that's happening every hour. It gets updated on the hour, every hour. Um, number of case, new cases, number of new deaths, all that stuff is given to you um, and they put it out in a basically a spreadsheet format. Um, the first page is the world, and then you can select uh, a country. Once you select a country like the United States, it takes you to the states. So you have a spreadsheet of all the states in the union and all the data in the rows and columns that uh, you can use to help you understand what's going on. So again, total number of cases in the United States is 217,661. Total number of deaths in the United States from the coronavirus are 5,153. Total amount of people recovered from the virus in the United States is 8,973. Again, these statistics are updated every hour. The reason I'm doing this is I want you guys to take a look at something that I find interesting and I see that the basically the mainstream media has talked about, but they I think they undersell it because what it does is it pretty much dismantles the mass panic. When you look at these numbers, it won't dismantle the mass panic for some people, but I think overall, the majority of the nation, it will. So obviously, when I tell you this information, I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm giving you straight statistical fact, um, and I want you guys to take this all into your own light, you know, research it, do your own research. Because at this time, this crazy stuff that's going on, I think there's only really, you know, one thing we can do, and it is just to stay educated on what's happening. So that's what I do every morning. I get up and I look at this website. So I figured I'd share it with you guys because this is, you know, my morning ritual. It is morning here on the West Coast, and I'm going to give you guys this. So in New York, because New York is the leading state for coronavirus right now, there are 83,901 total cases. And in New York, there are two th there have been 2,219 total deaths 
from the coronavirus. New Jersey is the second largest state affected by the virus. They have 22,255 total cases with 355 total deaths. Again, I just read you the number one state affected by the virus, which is New York, and the number two state affected by the virus, which is New Jersey. Now, there's a reason these two states are one and two. One, because the epicenter to this, and really the main reason, is the epicenter of the virus right now for the United States is New York City. Across the water from New York City is New Jersey. So they're both being affected because of just how close in proximity they are to each other. And that is why New York and New Jersey are one and two, respectively, for the coronavirus outbreak in the United States, leading number of cases and leading number of deaths. But even if you look at this, which is, I think this is very interesting, the total number of deaths is a fraction of what it is in New Jersey compared to New York. So New York has 2,219 total deaths from the virus and New Jersey has 355 total deaths. That is a crazy different number when you look at the total because 83,000 people is a lot, and 22,000 people is a very significant number, but the deaths are completely and totally fractions of each other. So, again, I'm just going to do this quick math so we can all run through this together. So, we're going to just do New York and New Jersey because they're the two biggest states, and basically, you can lump them together because of the close proximity between New York City and New Jersey. That's why they're at the top. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do some simple math. So I'm going to add 83,901, and I'm going to add it to 22,255. And that's going to give us a total of 106,156 people who have the virus in just New York and New Jersey. So then you're going to divide that by the total number of cases in America, which is 217,661. That gives you a 48.7%. So 48.7% of all the cases in all 50 states in this country are in New York and New Jersey. Okay, so let's do the same thing for the total number of deaths. So. We know that there's 2,219 deaths in New York, and there's 355 in New Jersey. That gives us a total number of 2,574. Okay, so 2,574 total deaths between New Jersey and New York. And you divide that by the total, which we know is 5,153 total deaths in the United States. That is 49.9%, okay? Let me say this for you guys one more time so you understand what I'm doing. I added up the total deaths of New York and New Jersey, which gave me 2,574 total deaths between New York and New Jersey from the coronavirus. And I divided that by the total amount of deaths that have happened from the virus in the nation, which is 5,153. Obviously, that number is constantly changing. This website 
I just refreshed it before I started the episode. So this is from the hour. That's 49.9% of all deaths from coronavirus have happened in two places on the United States. Two states out of 50. New York and New Jersey. And the reason that, I, I'm, there's an, that I'm lumping them together is because, like I said before, New York and New Jersey are right next to each other. Because the epicenter of this is in New York City. So we know what the totals are there. So let's just go down and look at the next closest state to those two, which would be California, the great, the state where I'm currently residing in. There are a total of 9,937 total cases of coronavirus in California. Of those cases, 215 people have died. Do you see how there's a massive drop-off between the first two states in California? Again, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to tell you what's happening. But I'm just showing you statistical data that anyone can read and anyone can do the math like I just did, you know, using a calculator. Very, very simple stuff. But what I'm trying to get you people to understand, and I feel like it, I have to do this because I have this platform, is just to show you that it's not affecting every state the same. Now, I'm not telling you this as... If you don't live in New York and New Jersey, you can run around outside and lick lampposts. That's not what I'm telling you to do. Obviously, you need to practice what people are telling you to do. Stay inside, wash your hands, don't touch your face, all that garbage. But obviously, if you live in New York and New Jersey and you're listening to me, you need to take an extra precaution because this is serious for you people. It's very serious. Obviously, there's 50 states. And if you go down the list, you can read them all on this website at worldometer.info slash coronavirus. You can read all the updated data and you can check out your state's totals and all that. But I just wanted to give you guys the, the first three so you could have a comparison and see that really, just from looking at statistics, 50, almost 50% 50 of the deaths are just from of, of the coronavirus in the United States are just from New York and New Jersey alone. And I don't think that's being represented well enough in the media. I don't think people are telling you this. And I feel like I need to tell you. I feel like it's my platform right now to try to keep everybody educated as much as they can. Again, this is a great website to check out. Check it out. It gets updated every hour. Like I said, you can. I have it saved in my bookmarks. I just open it in the morning. I refresh it. I take a look. I stay educated because that's what you need to do during these trying times. So again, that's worldometer. Okay, one word. Obviously, it's a website. Dot info backslash coronavirus. You can Google just coronavirus statistics on Google and it'll come up. So good thing, good thing to see, good thing to watch. Um, again, I, I check it every morning and I think it's, it's, it's a good habit to get into just to stay educated and see how much it's fluctuating in your state where you live. Again, I'm not using this as a platform to make you afraid. I don't want to do that. I'm trying to give you the information so that you can see I think it's interesting that nobody's talking about how big of an like an issue it is in New York and New Jersey. Like I said, almost 50% in every category. 48% in the total number of cases in the United States is just in New York and New Jersey. And 49% of the total deaths that happened in this nation from coronavirus are happening in those two places. These are things you need to stay educated on. I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm not telling you how to go about your daily life. I think the politicians and all those people and the health officials are doing a good job of that. 
If you're a nurse or a doctor or whoever, and you're listening to this, I 100% thank you for what you're doing. It's it, You're doing a great service to this country. Everyone who's being involved, whether you're delivering packages, whether you're working at a convenience store, whether you're delivering food, whatever it is, you're doing a great job, and those people are doing great things. And I think as a nation, obviously, we're going to get through this, but I want people to be educated. I want people to know the facts, and that's what, what that website is great for, knowing the facts and understanding what's happening. So I'm not going to go into you know an education segment, whatever. We'll continue on talking about some football stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the draft is scheduled to go as planned, okay? April 23rd is the draft, Thursday night. I don't know what it's going to consist of. I think it's going to be mostly on uh, online, over the phone, that kind of stuff. No one's going to be there. It's not happening in uh, Las Vegas anymore. None of that's happening. But the draft is going to happen, just not the way we're used to seeing it. I assume it's going to be televised. Um, as, as from what Roger Goodell stated in his statement, it's on as usual, business as usual. And a lot of people are upset about that. And listen, a lot of you people are soft. Okay, I've said this before on my program again. If you are complaining that NFL free agency happened, if you are complaining that the draft is happening, it's not happening where everyone's getting on stage and mass gatherings are happening. It's not. It's happening over the phone, phone calls between you know people in offices that are you know working in small groups, less than 10 people, like what the nation is telling people to do. If you're mad about this, then you are soft. You're 10 ply, okay? You're so soft, and I'm tired of soft people being the way they are. I understand that this is a heightened time, but just the NFL is business as usual because they're trying their best to, one, keep people employed, and two, make sure everyone who's you know out here suffering from all of this and just sitting at home doing nothing have something to look forward to. I think it's great. I think it's great that the NFL is keeping people employed, they're continuing doing their their uh, shows, obviously, from people. Basically, their shows on the NFL channel are all, <coughs> excuse me, from their living rooms. They're all just sitting down with a vit with a web camera, doing the regular shows, talking about the NFL, um, doing podcasts and whatnot. Because guess what? I'm in my house doing this right now, coming coming to you live from my living room. So it's a hundred percent fine to be sitting here talking about sports, thinking about sports having a future to look forward to in the draft, I think it's great. I think it's great that the NFL wants to be business as usual. And I think more people need to be business as usual. I'm not saying you need to go back to work and work in giant work offices with hundreds of thousands of people, but I think everyone needs to, you know, continue to try to do the best they can from, you know, following the rules, following the rules of social distancing, following the rules of being in sequestered small spaces. So Props to the NFL for keeping everybody looking forward to the draft. I'm looking forward to it. It's pretty much the only thing circling on my calendar right now that I care about. Uh, there's lots of stuff that's you know that's coming up. Like even my birthday's coming up, and I honestly could give two flying freaks, two flying fornications about my birthday right now because I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. Nothing's open. Can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. So the draft is the only thing I'm looking forward to, and I will be watching. Whether you know it's just a bunch of talking people talking about it, whatever. I guarantee you, this is probably going to be one of the most watched events on television for the NFL. And they're taking advantage of the situation. They're like, this is a great time. We're not competing with anybody. We're not competing with hockey. We're not competing with basketball. We're not competing with baseball. We're not competing with golf. We're not competing with anybody. 
It's just us. And usually that weekend around um, April is like one of the busiest times uh, of the year in sports. Uh, obviously, we have like coming up would have been the Masters, the Triple Crown. Uh, this opening week of baseball would have happened last week. So you would have baseball going. You would have the Masters and golf tournaments. You would have the Triple Crown. You would have the NFL draft. You would have the NFL play, or the NHL playoffs and the uh, or almost the start of I think the start of the NHL playoffs and as well as the NBA playoffs. All of those things would be happening or the run up to those things happening around the same time, and we have none of them. So now the NFL is spearheading this, and I think it's great. And if you have a problem with that, I don't know. What, I don't know what to tell you. They're following all the rules that could possibly exist in this new society we have developed. And if you're mad about it, then you're just one of those people that has that all you want to do is get mad. It's the same people that all they want to do is talk about how bad life is right now and how this virus is killing everybody and it's the worst thing that's ever happened and we're never going to survive and the world is doomed. Those people on Twitter are rooting for the end of the world and it's crazy. And I'm not one of those people. I don't live in the dark side. I don't live in the glass half full realm. I'm an optimist. I like to look on the bright side of things. And I think it's great that we've been able to do this as a nation and focus on public health. And hopefully when it's all over, we come out and we're better for it. So again, great that the NFL is having the draft. Obviously, hasn't been a whole lot of talk. We're waiting to hear about what happens with uh, Cam Newton and uh, Jameis Winston. I believe none of those guys are going to get signed until they have a physical with whatever respective team they want to sign with. So what that means is no team will sign them until their doctors look at them, and that's not going to happen because it's a shelter in place. So I don't believe Cam Newton or Jameis Winston will be getting a job anytime soon as long as this whole shenanigans continues. <clears throat> excuse me. So what that means is we don't know. And there's no use talking about it or speculating because we don't know. The only place we know he's not going is the Chargers because the Chargers said, we don't want him. We're going to go with Tyrod Taylor, which means they want a bridge quarterback until they draft their guy in the draft, which honestly the Chargers shouldn't have done because they gave their hand away. I get that. But I mean, it's pretty obvious the Chargers are going to draft a quarterback. So, Again, you can take that with a grain of salt. Other big news is obviously the Darius Slay trade. I talked about it a little bit um, a few weeks ago, but I think it's still pretty crazy. So Darius Slay was given up for a third and a fifth round pick, which is basically peanuts for a guy with his talent. He signs a two-year, $50 million deal. Only $30 million of it was guaranteed, so it's about $15 million a season. It was pretty much highway robbery for the Eagles, and who had a pretty... I had a pretty uh, you know, nonchalant secondary. Now it gets a lot better. And uh, Matt Patricia and Darius Slay had apparently a you know falling out. Uh, words were exchanged. Patricia didn't like Slay, I guess, working out with people who are his rivals or something. I don't I don't know. There's a whole story there. Lots of stuff uncovered. Basically, Slay said he lost a lot of respect for Patricia or whatever. And all you need to know is that. Patricia is a dink, and that this is going to go down as one of uh, the worst trades um, of the year. And it's probably going to put Matt Patricia on the hot seat next year. And I think he's the number one coach for the hot seat, 
If you look at the coaches around the league, I think it's him and Bill O'Brien, but I think ownership likes Bill O'Brien more than the fan base likes Bill O'Brien. But I think the Lions are getting fed up with this Matt Patricia. He tried to create a culture there similar to what what happened in uh, in New England, but he doesn't have the reputation and the respect to back up what is happening there. Uh, he's trying to do the whole Bill Belichick thing, uh, being, you know, really stout and, um, you know, nonchalant and, you know, just, just a guy who comes off as like, you know, business is business, you know, this isn't fun. This is business, that kind of thing. But he doesn't have the reputation that Bill Belichick, uh, has to be able to carry that mantra forward. So I believe that he is 100% on the hot seat in that I think if the season goes downhill from here, for the Lions, you could see Matt Patricia without a job come next year, maybe even halfway through the year if they start out bad. So, again, he's my number one coach on the hot seat for sure. Excuse me. The other interesting thing was contract talks between Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Apparently, there were rumors. I hadn't I haven't seen anything yet about him being signed. But the rumors were the Cowboys were in negotiation talks with Dak. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't have coronavirus, I promise. My throat's just dry, and I'm talking a lot. Uh, oh, geez, where did I? Okay, yeah. Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys. Holy crap. Um, yes, so contract negotiations between the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott were involved to make him what is going to appear to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Uh, it's set to, it is said to reset the quarterback market. Problem is the market price is never going to go down. So the longer they wait, the higher the market for quarterbacks goes up. They should have signed him while he was still on his cheap rookie deal. If they did that, you know, say two or three years ago, they could have gotten what a deal for, you know, $30 million a year and save themselves tens of millions of dollars in the long run. But that's, that ship has sailed. That ship is that ship has sailed, and the and if they sign Dak Prescott, because the way this market is dictated, is every year goes up. Every year, the next quarterback resets the market. Jared Goff did it. Uh, Garoppolo did it. Uh, Derek Carr did it. Russell Wilson did it, and Russell Wilson's really the only guy deserving of it. But all those other guys, they got money and they got paid because that was what the quarterback market dictated. And the reason that the Rams signed Jared Goff to a deal was because they knew he was going to cost them even more down the road. So they're like, we better just get this over with. And Dak Prescott, same thing. So now you can say all you want about him not being worth $40 million a year, and I would agree with you. But the market dictates that's what he's going to make. So the Dallas Cowboys are about to find themselves in salary cap hell because they're going to have almost two-thirds of their entire salary cap into just three positions, which would be quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. They just lost their starting center. They have an old left tackle. They have a pretty much depleted secondary. They're missing pass rushers on the edge because they lost a few guys uh, in free agency as well. They don't, they're losing the bare bones of their team, and they're going to have all their money locked up on three positions, and they're going to have to supplement through the draft and there just isn't going to be enough talent there to make that work. 
I think the Dallas Cowboys take a step back this year. I think they're going to be worse if they sign Dak to this long-term deal, but they don't have any other options. They should have done it a long time ago. They ended up signing signing Zeke instead of Dak, and that was dumb. And now they have a bunch of money at the running back position. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have to restructure somebody. Uh, obviously, they just signed Amari Cooper, too, to a big deal, so I don't know what's happening. But I think Dallas Dallas is about to be in a whole lot of hurt if they sign and make that money, um, you know, locked up in those three positions because it's just not the way you want to run an organization. There's a lot more important positions than wide receiver and running back. You need offensive linemen. You need pass rushers. Those cost money. Like Top-notch pass rushers cost you lots of money. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Obviously, again, I'm going to be coming to you guys with more episodes in the future. We're going to be talking draft. I want to leave some meat on the bone, though, because there's obviously not too much to talk about right now, but I'm going to continue to do my uh, draft prep stuff, try to get you guys um, looking at who's who's the best players at each position. Um, so maybe we'll do some of that stuff moving forward. Again, thanks a lot for listening to the episode, guys. I apologize for not putting more stuff out, uh, but I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, please stay safe and healthy out there. Uh, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. All that crap. Uh, please go ahead and check out jagosports.com. They're the, uh, the people that support this podcast. So please, it'd be great if you went on and checked out their stuff. They keep doing some funny stuff to try to lighten the mood to keep everybody uh, on the up and up and happy and not thinking about what's happening out there. So thanks a lot for listening guys. Remember to share the podcast with friends, family, cousins, dogs, uncles, aunts, whoever, uh, please again, uh, if you can share the podcast, if you can follow me on social media, uh, at the rant, Eli at, um, on Twitter, uh, the, the rant with Eli on Instagram. And you can, f- uh, email me if you want, uh, at the rant at gmail.com. Uh, thanks a lot again, guys. I will be bringing you guys more stuff and I'll see you guys when I see you.